episode of Scammer Stories, we hear from two different women who weren't aware of romance scams until it happened to them. Both were able to figure it out before they lost a large amount of money. They're both smart women who are left in shock, though, that they fell victim. Both are taking very different approaches in getting to the bottom of the romance scam world. We begin with Linda. She lives in Massachusetts, and that's about all we're going to reveal for reasons you'll understand in a minute. When did this all begin? How did it get started? I think June was when they got that new platform, Power, that was similar to Twitter. And a lot of conservatives were on that site, you know, talking about the election and different things that were going on. So um, I kept getting a message from this guy. Um, Hi, how are you? And I noticed quite a few times, actually. And then I said to myself, well, to get onto this site, you have to get yourself verified. Remember, Parler was attractive to so many people because it was supposed to be a safe space for conservatives to share their thoughts. And to sign up, they used more information to verify that you were a legitimate user. And you have to get yourself verified, like with your license and a photo ID. And then you get this like little red badge next to your picture on there. It wasn't long before she got a message from a stranger, a good-looking man in the military who called himself Scott Baker. So the person that was messaging me had the little red badge. So I said, well, it might be okay to talk to him because I usually don't talk to anybody on Facebook, Twitter, nothing other than just making comments and stuff. So finally, when he messaged me one time, I messaged him back and I said, oh, can I help you? And he said, oh, I just want to say hi or whatever. And, and I was looking at the picture. It was a picture of him and his daughter. And um, I said, well, this guy looks like a nice guy. I'll talk to him. And so we just started talking. And I'm telling you, right at the beginning, he seemed so legitimate to me. And uh, we talked about, you know, Trump. Talking about former President Donald Trump is easy for scammers because there's so much about his life online. A lot of things he seemed knowledgeable about, but when he was talking about the military, I'm not that familiar with what goes on in the military. So different things that he would say, I really wouldn't know if it was true or not, because I don't know. After uh, talking for about two or three weeks, I wanted to send him like a little gift package, like chocolates, cookies or something. And I wanted to send it to the base. And he kept saying, oh, we don't receive things and whatever. And I just thought that was a little bit odd. So as time went on, different things that he would say that the red light was going on. And I said, this doesn't sound right. But, you know, he was so manipulative, so convincing. I kept saying, well, maybe I'm mistaken. Because now this is the first time I ever even knew this was even going on. Never knew anything about this. Never even knew people did this type of thing. Nothing. So it was like a whole scary thing for me. Linda decided she needed a professional to help her figure out if this guy was real. I actually went through three different agencies, like detective agencies, to try to figure out if this guy was legit or not. The first one was like a cyber company. They gave them like my phone number and they tried to text him pretending they were me and all this stuff. But I think he might have got spooked. Let's back up just a little um, bit. When you guys first started talking, before you offered to send him cookies, what would you guys talk about? Just basically, you know, he knew I was married. He asked if I was married. I told him. I told him I wasn't happy. I said, you know, why did you pick me to talk to? He said, oh, I don't know, just something about you. Because it was a picture of me and one of my Westies sitting in a chair 
like by a pool or something, and said he likes my picture or whatever. I'm like, well, okay. Because I, I give anybody, like, a chance. It doesn't matter what age. Like, I'm, I have a lot of friends of all different ages, male, female, whatever. I mean, I wasn't looking for any kind of romance or anything like that. Someone to talk to, it was nice, because you were kind of... Exactly. A... Exactly. You know, he was in another state. I'm over here. He's younger than me. I didn't think much was becoming of it anyway. It was just to talk. Somebody to talk to. Since I wasn't getting along too good with my husband. So after hiring the online agency that didn't find anything, Linda decided to give it another shot. Then finally I hired a uh, female private detective. So the online detective thing didn't work very well because he didn't participate. Yeah, I wasn't happy with what they said. They charged you know, quite a bit of money. I didn't like what they had to say. They were saying that it was uh, one of the scammers from Nigeria, this and that. And it turned out in the end that it wasn't. It was somebody right here in this country, in Wisconsin, actually. So the female detective, our GEC detective agency out of PB Mass, we got very close to finding this particular scammer. I was able to get like a bank account and routing number and a bunch of stuff. That's how they were able to locate him in Wisconsin. And she got in touch with the uh, police over there and they went over to the house and there was an older gentleman and an older woman that lived in the home and I think these scammers or whatever, like they were in charge of all the young people that were scamming. The guy that I talked to once on the phone, the scammer, has like a Spanish accent. The real guy doesn't have a Spanish accent. The police decided not to move forward with the case, partly because the real man in the picture didn't seem interested in finding the culprit. Well, we closed the case like about a month or so ago I couldn't go any further because it just seemed that the real guy, he didn't care that his pictures were being used, which I was like totally shocked at because his pictures and the daughter, really, I was concerned about the daughter, that they were stealing money from people. And I could not understand, get it in my head, why does this guy not care that they're using his pictures and the daughter's pictures to rob people? I'm not going to lose like maybe a thousand dollars. Because I caught on pretty quickly. So the police went over there and talked to the two yes. people that you think run this scamming group out of their home. And yes. they weren't able to yes. do anything? No, because the, the, they were really old. The, the, the woman was sick, and the guy was, uh, the husband was supposedly out of work that day that he went over there. He said, you know, you got to have him call me when he comes home, but he never called him. And it just got to a certain point, and that was it. And I didn't want to push it any further because I had no support from the real guy. And I was spending all the money. So once we found that portion of it, I just decided to end it. Did police follow up? uh, They would have if I wanted them to. Linda decided she just wanted to close the chapter of her life and spent time on her marriage. She was told by an anti-scamming group not to hire a detective. She'd already spent enough money. She says she'd do it again in a heartbeat. She needed to get to the bottom of the mystery, and that gave her some much-needed peace of mind. And then finally, at the end, I just told him, I said, look, I know who you are. Your name is not Scott Baker. Uh, we found the real guy. His name's John Baker. He doesn't have a Spanish accent. I told him, I said, you're a terrible person. You're lying all the time. And I don't want you to contact me any longer. And that was like two months ago. And so did you tell your husband everything that had happened or how did that work? No, my husband knows nothing about it. The next victim lost a similar amount of money. But instead of fighting the scam with detective work, Katie's going to use her position to make a documentary to help educate others. We'll tell you how to get involved after hearing her story. So I am uh, in my 30s. I live in California. I've been working in TV production and media for the last 
uh, 20 years or so. I'm single, love living in California. And yeah, I just, I enjoy going to the beach and <laughs> just being where it's sunny and, and uh, rub it in, rub it in. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me when this all started and kind of how it started. Sure. So I, you know, I have been on dating apps and whatnot since they have been a thing. And I was actually in a relationship and like November, December of this last year of 2020, things were really coming to an end. And so I was, you know, not looking for anything new and and kind of also being in the space of we're in a pandemic. So how am I even going to date anybody else? And wasn't really being super active on dating apps or anything like that, but I was on words with friends. I just play very few people, you know, never really interact with anyone over it. And suddenly it was about the week before Christmas or so. And I had decided to put a picture up of myself uh, for the first time ever. I don't know why I felt inclined to do so, but I was wearing a mask um, in it. So I'm like, oh, you can just like see that I have eyes. Like, that's just whatever. I'm just going to put a picture up. And literally within the next day or two, I was being hit up like I'd never been before. You know, game requests, which were immediately followed by instant messages. And I was like, geez, okay, well, you know, I'm like bored and like these people like word games, which I'm like kind of a nerd about. I'm like, all right, <laughs> whatever. But I brushed pretty much all of them off just saying, you know, no thanks. Like I'm just here to play the game and they would forfeit and and or we just would play a couple moves and then disappear. Well what were they saying to you? What were the messages? Hello gorgeous. Um hello beautiful. Just th- those things where I'm just like, I'm eh, not really whatever. Now there was one who stood out because it was just very innocent for lack of the best way to describe it. It was just like a Christmas tree and like, Merry Christmas. You know, I'm like, Oh yeah, Merry Christmas. His profile picture, he was younger looking than all these other guys who looked mostly like in their sixties. And so for whatever reason, just engaged with this one person who looked more around my age and it was just very like, Merry Christmas. How are you? Just very state feeling, right? Like just very um, generic. And maybe I should be open to something new. Like I'm, I'm not going to be dating this other person anymore. And like, how else am I supposed to meet? Like, it just, it just felt very innocent, you know, casual dialogue just about work and the day and whatever. And about, I would say about two weeks later, um, this person wanted to switch to WhatsApp. No alarms were going off. I was just sure. Okay. I would say within the next two weeks after that, so we'll, we'll call it the first two weeks of, of January. It just became suddenly it was like, there was somebody there who was like, there were texts in the, you know, in the morning messages in the morning when I woke up and at night and all these things. And I'm like, like, geez, like the other guy I was seeing wasn't doing that. Like, this is great. And so it was this weird kind of perfect storm of being in a pandemic, not really looking to date, but then coming out of this relationship. And, and so anybody likes the attention and it was just like, oh my gosh, like, this is so interesting. Like I typically travel when we're not in a global pandemic, I'm typically traveling for work and um, for fun about six to 10 months out of the year. And so I, um, you know, have an adventurous spirit and was like, well, this is an interesting way to meet somebody. And I had started to tell my closest friends, I met this guy on 
words with friends and like it's so weird like he's great and we're having these really in-depth conversations and very attentive and all these things and all of their reactions were that is so cool (laughs) like that is so amazing like oh my god how exciting like this would happen to you. You just have such an interesting life. Like this would be how you'd meet, you know, your soulmate. I'm like, I right? Isn't this interesting? <laughs> I do have one friend who always kind of lives in a very um, cautious territory. She does it with everybody that I date. And so for her to be like, send me their full name. I'm going to go and try to find anything on them. Did not set off any alarms. You know, you have a friend like this and like me, you're probably annoyed on a regular basis. They deserve more credit than we give them. If you're that friend, give yourself a big pat on the back. So I was getting all this positive enforcement, if you will. And so, you know, it was it was interesting because things then slid into this. What I've now learned is just straight from scripts of like very affectionate messages. And I was like, that's a lot for somebody that I haven't known that long. This is where her spidey sense started to kick in. It's a gut feeling that I believe every romance scam victim has at some point, but they ignore it. But at the same time, not really having any reason to question anything. I'm just like, okay, well, this person's very honest and very sure. I guess lightly was like a little bit off for me. Um, But again, you know, you're in this space of just connecting with someone. And I really feel like getting lost in that was so easy at the time. So there was one message one night and he had asked, like, have you told anybody about us or what we talk about? And I was like, yeah, no, yeah, like my closest friends, like my best friend, I think, you know, that this is worth talking about. And, and he had said something along the lines of I'm a very private person, I would love to just keep things between us and not like tell other people. And I was like, okay, you know, I was kind of like, well, don't tell me what to do kind of feeling. And I was just whatever, like, I'm gonna go to bed. She knows now that this is a huge red flag. One of the biggest red flags that scammers throw down. Maybe he is just a very private person and I'll respect that and da 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 and whatever. And then it was about the first week of February. So now say we're about like six weeks into everything. And I woke up early in the morning and just getting ready to do some work on my computer and we're messaging and he gives me this sob story about um, not being able to listen to music because he's on an oil rig in the Gulf of Mexico. You hear her sarcasm now, but you have to cut her some slack. Not many people know a man or woman working on an oil rig. I mean, I live in Oklahoma, one of the biggest oil states in the country, and I've never met one. And I had given him enough information, which now knowing what I know, which is a little bit more than I did when I was in all of this, they obviously want to become the person that you want. Like they're trying to create this ideal person. And so the more information that you're giving them about the things that you like, they then just create that. And so I am very into music. I play music, all these things. And so that, you know, I'm like, oh man, like you're on this ship and you can't listen to music. Another huge red flag here, these men and women scammers claim to have money, but can't afford an Apple iTunes card. How sad, but so that went on for a little bit and then got him to asking me to get a gift card for him so that he could reactivate his iTunes. And that's when I really was like, okay, this person's asking me for money. But at the same time, again, up until this point, I'm like, there, I just wasn't aware of the signs of scamming. I wasn't aware of how they try to psychologically manipulate you and and 
and then, you know, can engage for, you know, I've, I've heard sometimes months before even asking for the smallest amount of money. He was like, can you just go to the Apple store and get a gift card? And I was like, well, I produce for a living. There's a better solution. I can just get something online if I'm actually doing this and send you the pin. But that's obviously not what he wanted. And so he kept pushing and I was getting really irritated at this point. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go online. I'll buy that one month subscription amount and just send him the pin. Then this should be over with. Problem solved. Wish I hadn't done that, but I did. And I just sent him the pin so that he could reactivate this. And then he was like, thanks. And I'm like, okay. And then later that day, I was like, did the pin work? And he was like, yes. Okay. But I still felt really uneasy about it. And I told my best friend about it at this time and um, who had been really supportive of it. And then she was like, you know what? That does sound fishy. Like something's off. That's weird. Why couldn't he afford that? Like, that's really strange. And I'm like, I know. And so I had decided at this point just to disconnect from this person, you know, not respond and just kind of slowly just take myself out of the scenario, which was, I guess, me just trying to backstep out of something that I, that I wasn't sure what I was dealing with. Right. Like I wasn't, I didn't think scammer at this point. I just thought scary person who is trying to use me for whatever reason. Um, I don't know if this person could harm me. I don't know where this person is or whatever. So this is the same thing I went through with my mom's scammer. I was afraid to let her move in with me because I thought I was putting myself and my family at risk. I've talked to a lot of experts from FBI to local investigators. What I know now is that's complete bullshit. They know Americans are all about law and order. My neighborhood, for example, has the nickname of Copland because so many officers live here. I was still scared. Here's the deal. We have 911 for a reason. I was just like, let me just tiptoe out of it. And this never happened. La da 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 da. But I couldn't shake the feeling of like, oh my God, I feel really uneasy about this gift card thing. Like that's, that's so strange. And so it was the following week. So now we're into mid-February-ish. And um, it was just before Valentine's Day. I have a therapist who I meet with online weekly. And I had told her about my breakup with the person before, um, but I hadn't told her anything about this person because up until then I hadn't felt like there was any reason to talk about it. Things had seemingly been going well and it was like this exciting thing. And so there was no reason to bring it up. And it was towards the end of my session with her. And I was just like, you know what, let me, I just want to tell you about this thing. And I, and I was really in that, in a place in that moment of, I guess, mostly just being freaked out by the intensity of the things that this person was saying in terms of love and like, we're going to be together and all these things. And so that's what I said to her. And I was just telling her, um, I said, you know, I met this person online, we've been chatting, but it got really intense really quickly. And just want to say that. And that's really all I said to her. And then she was asking for more information and she um, had a personal, I won't go into her personal, her story and such, but she knows someone who was romance scammed um, a couple of times, actually, like the scammers going after this person in her life. And so she knew all the signs and had a history of years of, of going through this and cleaning up this mess. And so she was like, I'm not saying this is what you're dealing with, but here are the signs. And as she was listing the signs in my head, it was like, check, check, <laughs> check. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay. We have to stop there for a second. This, this is what I've been searching for since my ordeal started with my mom. 
I've emailed so many therapists asking for guidance, asking for an interview with zero responses. It kind of hits a nerve with me. Not only did she find a therapist who spotted the signs, but she's been through it with her own loved one. And that's really when it clicked for the first time, I was like, oh my God, what is this? Like, what is happening? Like, this is crazy. I didn't believe it was happening to me. It was not even on my radar. To me, it was like a lifetime movie in the nineties that something happened. Like, I just, I never see any stories on it. I just, it's not in my, my world. It's, you know, I know anybody that it had happened to personally that had shared it with me. And so it just was like, oh my God, (laughs) And I'm like, God, how could I prove it? Because I don't want to confront this person. I don't want to continue engaging with them in any in any way. So how do I know for sure? And so I actually put the the gift card pin into my own account. And I was like, if this money goes in, back into my account, this person was lying to me and never used it. And they're a scammer. And that's what happened. So I got the money back. I can gladly say I didn't lose any money. If I had it, it would, you know, wouldn't have been much anyway. You know, there's obviously like seeing that money come back into my account and then realizing in that same second, like, holy shit, this is a scammer. A million things start going through your head. It was like, I feel sick to my stomach and embarrassment and and shame and shock and disbelief and a whole series of things. And in addition to that, you know, I had given this person a lot of my personal information, you know, first name, last name, age, address, you know, things that I'm like, what was I, what was I thinking? What was I doing? And so, you know, not being in this world and not knowing anything about, about how scamming works or how a lot of them work. I just was completely like, what do I do? Fortunately, she has a background in journalism like me and wasn't willing to give up. So I immediately dove into research. I don't even know if romance scammer had like been in my vocabulary. Obviously I'd heard of scammers, but like, I'm like, what? And then if you Google words with friends, comma, romance scammer, I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you know, they're on every platform. It's not just dating sites. I went into this very deep dive of, of internet research and people telling me about terms like Yahoo boys and, and, all these different things. Like my mind was blown, honestly. Like if that sounds naive, like I work in an industry where we are constantly dealing with and developing projects around social injustices and like, you know, awareness and and politics, all sorts of things. And I just wasn't in my world. I was, I, I always tell people, I'm like, it's like, I've been suddenly thrown into this like romance scammer recovery club that I didn't even know existed because I I'm in this space now where I'm like, okay, it's not just me, right? Like it's not, you know, I'm not the only one that this has happened to. And there's just a wide range of emotions a week after it had happened. You know, some days I was like, God, I'm scared. Like I, like I live alone and like, what if this person comes after me? And then the next day I'm like really angry. And then the day after that, I'm like, I miss texting with, and I'm like, no, I don't like that person's not real. Like it's very bizarre. And learning so much about other people's stories and the fact that these scammers often work off of scripts and share information and and their strategy. And what I really have coined, at least with myself, is like their psychological warfare, which is like preying on these people, people who are admittedly lonely, but then people who just don't even think about it. But they find a way to navigate, you know, to infiltrate into your mind and your heart. And like, it's just strategic and it's disgusting and I have so much interest, but also just compassion for for people that that are dealing with this. And it's 
so layered. Family members who can't convince their loved ones that they are being scammed. Man, do I understand that. I couldn't get to my mom before her death. And I hear from family members a lot asking me for the answer. The financial fallout for so many, um, the social media platforms not being accountable for all these fake profiles. Like there's, there's so many elements and I tend to care more about the things that I'm working on if I feel like it's going to help people and is healing in some way. And so having been through this, you know, as I'm talking to other people, I'm like, oh my God, I just feel like I have to do something to help create even more awareness. Like there are so many people doing a ton of amazing things to make people aware about this. You just started seeing that therapist. How long from the point you started seeing the therapist to the point that it came up in a session? I started seeing the therapist the first week of January and it came up I want to say five and a half to six weeks in. And my therapist was like, look, you learned a $15 lesson, like be grateful. A couple of things. Had I not brought it to my therapist, God knows how far I would have gone. Um, I don't know. Like you always want to think like I would have been smart enough to not do that. But at the same time, you know, nobody else knows these conversations that you're having and the depth that you get into with these people who are not real people. Yes, very lucky. That is how that panned out. Scamming is never going to go away. There's always going to be people who have these evil intentions and want to scam others. To me, like the the form of prevention is getting more people aware of this and knowing the signs so that you don't get sucked into this emotional connection with someone who then is going to be able to get money from you even more easily. So, okay. So tell us about the documentary. So I am in the very early stages of um, what will either be a documentary or a docu-series. And so what I want to do is talk to other people about their stories. They don't necessarily have to be a part of this, but the more stories that I get that will help me shape the best way to to put this together. It's this combination of like, you have this fear, but also like you have this embarrassment and don't want others to hear your story. You know, you don't want your family to know, you don't want your coworkers to know, whatever. So for me, having been vulnerable with this person, I just felt like I'm going to let myself tell my story in whatever way can help other people. And if that means telling everybody I got romance scammed um, and who I am, like, you know, I want to move forward with that. There are people who want to share their story and I want to find those people and connect with them and create a project that is about helping others become aware of the signs of romance scamming. But also I want to be able to provide a healing journey for those who want to go on it with me because I feel like there's a loss of power when you're caught up in a romance scam. And and in order to heal and to move forward, you need to take your power back. You need to be able to stand back in your own. And again, when you can't like fly across the world and hunt this person down wherever they are, to me, it's just about using my voice to help others. And so I create projects, I develop TV projects all the time. And so My first step is really finding people who are willing to talk to me, who want to share their story so that I can help. If you'd like to be a part of the documentary, it really is the best way to help prevent this happening to others. I know it's hard. I still struggle with sharing my mother's story. You can email Katie at scammerhealing at gmail.com. I'm hearing more and more from women who've never heard anything about it and never in a million years thought they'd be a victim. You can always reach out to me by email at scammerstoriespodcast at gmail.com. I respond to everyone, but 
Don't forget I'm on the board of Advocating Against Romance Scams. I usually send people there. It's an amazing group of people that I trust 100%. They have a wonderful TikTok page too with a ton of short videos on how to spot a scam. If you missed the info on how to get involved in the documentary, I posted it in the show notes. You can also find it on Scammer Stories Facebook page. Until next time, Scammer Warriors.